Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor at Doxa Church, and I have Amanda with me this morning. Hello. Good to have you back, Amanda. Good to be here. So we're doing a little mini-series this summer on the biblical role of government and the church's responsibility towards it. If you didn't already hear our first episode, part one on this, please make sure you go back and listen to that one first. I think that would be a helpful preparatory episode for what we're about to get into. We're already going heavy. We're hitting hard already. But this series is not about what we want government to be like, Mm -hmm. what we think government should be like. It's not opinionated at all. It's not Republican or Democrat. It's not even American politics 101. This is just straight what is the biblical role of government Mm -hmm. and how do we as followers of Jesus Christ, how should we view it? How should we live with a posture towards our government? Mm -hmm. So we're in Romans 13. Amanda, would you mind reading that text for us? Yeah, for sure. So Romans 13, it's going to be 1 through 7. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. For rulers hold no terror for those who do right, but for those who do wrong. Do you want to be free from fear of the... Do you want to be free from fear from the one in authority? Then do what is right and you will be commended. For the one in authority is God's servant for your good. But if you do wrong, be afraid, for rulers do not bear the sword for no reason. They are God's servants, agents of wrath to bring punishment on the wrongdoer. Therefore, it is necessary to submit to the authorities, not only because of possible punishment, but that also as a matter of conscience. This is also why you pay taxes, for the authorities are God's servants who give their full time to governing. Give to everyone what you owe to them. If you owe taxes, pay taxes. If revenue, then revenue. If respect, then respect. If honor, then honor. Yes. So we're really going to dig a little deeper into each one of the principles that I think are Mm -hmm. covered in Romans 13. And the first one is something that we touched on last, last episode. But Jesus didn't come to set up a new nation but to set up a new people called the church. Mm -hmm. This is just baked into everything Romans 13 is saying. Mm -hmm. Romans 13 wouldn't really make much sense if we didn't already have the whole context of what Jesus established and what what he did with his earthly ministry, what his heart cry was for individual people. So that foundational part is super important to everything Paul is saying here. This really wouldn't make sense if it wasn't for the ministry of Jesus. This truly, what Romans 13 says, only works if you believe that Jesus changes individual hearts. An individual heart change is what God uses to transform Mm -hmm. other individual hearts. And as long as people run systems, systems will be flawed. But the more people become like Jesus and their heart conforms to the will of God— the more peace and prosperity will flourish. Mm -hmm. So if you want to just use an example of a very relevant, timely thing that we're hearing in our country right now, like what if we defund the police? Are the police perfect? Of course not. There are good police officers and there are bad police officers. I'm very thankful for the police because I, I know that they're the core of what local government should be, a force that protects. And Mm -hmm. the majority of police officers risk their lives 
because they want to protect mm-hmm. the innocent and they want to like create a safe environment. They know there are wicked people. All all of these things line up with the reality that we see from scripture. Yep. But is the system of policing perfect in our country? Of course not. So what happens if you defund the police then? Is, the, is that the solution? Right. And there are a lot of places in our country that are trying to fix you know, a perceived problem right now by going for a new system. And what happens? Now, you're going to have to go a little bit deeper than surface level from the media because mm-hmm. we don't really hear a lot on this. I don't want you to listen to your favorite podcaster, but just go look up the the facts. I mean, maybe your favorite podcaster. If you're listening to ours, maybe you have a really good <laughs> yeah. podcaster who's actually telling you this. But the facts are crime skyrockets. You know, these areas don't protect anything but human life because that's the only thing they can really afford to do and so misdemeanors go unattested crime crime literally goes through the roof petty crime petty theft all of those things like and it gets it gets worse than just petty theft but human depravity doesn't just chill out and get more easy going when there's no one there enforcing the rules did you see kind of on that note in california they they the level of misdemeanor i think it was what was it, it was like a thousand dollars anything under a thousand dollars you don't get arrested for if you steal from a store so there are tons of stores that are having to go out of business i know walgreens shut down a lot of their stores out there and then like target now has hours they're not open as late at night wow. you know so a lot of that yeah. obviously that didn't do any good because now i've right. seen videos of people just coming in filling trash bags up and leaving and they can't do anything because it's less than a thousand dollars you know so it's crazy yeah that's reality. Things get ugly really fast. And, you know, like that was a good example, man. I mean, we could we could give a myriad of examples right. about this. But anyway, what I'm about to say about Saddam Hussein, and I want you to paint me as pro-Hussein, okay? <laughs> Saddam Hussein was a wicked, power-hungry dictator of Iraq. In the early 90s, all the way up to the early 2000s, the United States fought Hussein. And when we finally destroyed him once and for all, there was a power vacuum, okay? So even though Saddam Hussein was a brutal dictator, he did manage some semblance of peace. Mm-hmm. And really, I'm, I'm not pro-Hussein here. I'm pro-Jesus. Christians are team Jesus, not team Jihad. Yeah, yeah. But please follow me on this. What filled that power vacuum after Hussein? Well, it was a power grab for various terrorist cells, and one rose to the top the ISIS jihadist state. Mm. So in Saddam Hussein's Iraq, there were 1.5 million Christians living in Iraq. And and many of these Christians traced their heritage all the way back to the disciples, the disciples that went there and Mm. gave the gospel. Mm -hmm. Today, there's not 1.5 million Christians there. There's 150,000 Christians left. So 90% have either died or fled their country. Yeah, it's just, it's mind boggling. Mm -hmm. So just because you remove or replace a government, just because you tear down one system and put in a new system does not mean that it will improve. If you look through history, you you could take 100 more examples of this right off the top. But the point is, Jesus didn't come to set up a new nation, but to set up a new people called the church. And that's you. If you're yep. a Christian, yep. that is you. You are plan A. There really is no plan B. You are the salt and the light of this world. And you change things for the kingdom of heaven. 
you know, not when you convict, convince someone to vote for your favorite political yeah. candidate, but when you take the only thing that can transform a heart and you share that as much as you can, because that's the only way things get better through heart transformation. Mm-hmm. That's why this whole podcast mini series, we're focusing on government because we have to get our priorities right yep. in our perspective on this. Yeah, David, I agree. That's that's a really great point. We did a series in Bible study and in Kings and just the rise and fall of the kings. So they begged God for a king and because they wanted that government. And then yeah. that government came and then it just destroyed them. And then they were good again and then they go back down. And I <laughs> yeah. think it's just that cycle. And that's always, like you said, it's always going to happen. When it goes down, somebody feels its place. So very, very good point. So what else can we glean from this passage of Scripture? Yeah, I think another important part here is government is not God. Government is a tool of God. Mm -hmm. We live in a world that for decades has tried to erase God from the equation, from the the headline conversation. And many have said that we are living in a post-truth era. Mm. So if there is no divine, if there's no God figure, what happens as humans? Like we're hardwired to worship something, right? So the government becomes the de facto deity. And if you just think about our world today, everything that's politicized in 2021, why is everything from sports to Oreos political? I mean, why do CEOs of airline companies feel like they have the right and the responsibility to pressure elected officials? Why do millions of people live like they are dependent on the government, not their own creativity or work ethic? not the charity and goodwill of others, but on the promises of bureaucrats. How do we get there to that point? It's because people who don't know God that have power start looking at themselves as a deity figure. They wouldn't call themselves God you right. know, like they did back in Rome. Right, exactly. <laughs> but but really, it's all the same. they yeah. look at themselves with the same authority, the same power. Yeah. That, and if, if you really press them on it, they really feel like the government is is your dad it, it's mm-hmm. your you know there's there were creepy commercials that came out in the early 2000s about like the government that takes care of this this girl from like when she was born all the way providing her education that's the way a lot of people have been programmed to think of government as their provider as their insurance blanket as their retirement funds i mean that's just where we're at right now and as christians we have to realize that's not what God's intended purpose of government is. Mm-hmm. So how do we function in that world? Well, there's a lot more to say here. We're going to keep moving. But even though the government may think of themselves as God, which they certainly did in Jesus' day, and if you listen closely, they do again today as well. They have all the answers. They have the solution to every one of your problems. Don't you know? Just just vote, yep. <laughs> and yep. I'll solve your problems. But even though they think they are God and they try to act like God, in reality— they are an instrument of God. Kings are a tool in the hand of God. And I, I would just interject and say, whoever you vote for, whoever is in government, they will never know you personally. Mm-hmm. But the God that created the government, created the world, has a personal, intimate relationship. And that's the biggest difference for Christians to remember. I mean, yeah. the government, no matter who's in power, they'll never know your name or really care. Yeah. But God does. And I think that's just such a pivotal thing we have to remember. You it's know? so true. After I preached this sermon a few weeks ago, I was talking with somebody in our church afterwards. And we were just talking about it and she was sharing some insight and I was like, yeah, you know, and and I just had this thought, like God cares more about what's going on in your heart Mm -hmm. 
he puts more stock in that. He cares more about it. He has more value and weight on that than he does what anyone in Washington, D.C. is writing on a piece of paper. Yep, absolutely. He cares way more about what's going on in your heart. So another important point here, though, that, that really needs to be inserted somewhere, so I think it would be good to include it right here, is divine providence works through human agency. Mm-hmm. So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying God doesn't work through people. You can do great things and improve people's lives by getting involved locally and on a broader scale for yeah. sure. But God works through individual humans, not because he has to. At times he works through the supernatural. He can do it any way he wants. Mm -hmm. But divine providence works most of the time through human agency. And I think that's just super important for us. I want us to stay balanced. We're going to talk more about this in the future. We're not just trying to say avoid all government, just don't get involved. We're not saying that. We're just really trying to, to put your feet on a rock and just solidify where your priorities are going to be. And what an intimate thing, too. God doesn't just work through a political party. Uh, he doesn't just back Republicans as a whole or Democrats as a whole. Once again, we go back to that intimacy. God wants mm-hmm. to work through you. He doesn't have to, but he yeah. chooses to because he wants the personal relationship. Yeah. yeah. I just think that's that's so that's such an awesome thing. I love that. The next thing really I see here is when Christians are better citizens— we are allowed to worship more freely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can see that in verse three. If you have your Bible on your lap right now, maybe you don't. But if you're constantly rebelling against every wrong thing your leader is doing, you would never have time to do anything productive for God's kingdom. When I have, I've, I know I've seen a lot of that, <laughs> yeah. you know, just yeah. constantly bad. And like you said, I mean, gosh, if all your energy and all your Instagram posts and all that are focused yeah. on that, and I got to be careful. Yeah. I can read a couple Babylon Bee. I think it's funny you want to share, you know. I know. I it's easy to get swept focus. away. I think yeah. it's, it's such a balance. It's such yes. a balance to be aware, stay in tune with what's happening, but don't let it dominate. Exactly. Um, and of course, we're not saying don't be engaged right. in this. You know, it is a nuanced thing. But the overall point that Paul is making here is that you submit to your government, follow the rules, Mm -hmm. be good. Okay, because that allows you to do your real job of having the freedom to share Christ. You can fly under the radar when you aren't making headlines every other week. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Like, that's really what we're trying to do. We're trying to say like i hope you're tracking with this there's a lot of biblical examples of this as well right joseph who worked his way up in the government of egypt you know you have nehemiah give me the yep. legal paperwork and yep. you know i need this timber to rebuild the wall you know i i think it's pretty pretty funny like we're we're in a place where we could use a discount on some some timber and some, yeah. some wood right now in our yeah. country but he was a good citizen he took advantage of every avenue that was available to him you know yeah. and he was allowed to do that because he was an upstanding guy if he was raising a ruckus he couldn't do that exactly story of daniel you know the de- government the babylonian government like it's a demonic nation just yeah. wicked and perverse yeah. they took over israel they they took the best and the brightest in exile back to Babylon. We spent some time on this in the podcast last season. You know, he went to college to get brainwashed. He had his gender reassignment. You know, he <laughs> oh, was castrated, yes. emasculated. Yes. But he was filled with the spirit of God and he lived in integrity. And he didn't go along with the things that compromised his faith. Yeah. He was just honest about it, open about it. But being a general, you know, and even when he was punished, like the king himself was like, oh no, not Daniel. Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that guy. Yeah. I want more of that guy. I need more of those kind of guys around me. Like, yep. So Christians, we should be the best citizens. Being mm-hmm. a productive citizen in your community, in your neighborhood, in your state, genuinely speaking, 
you're going to have more opportunities to glorify God and to worship God. So go out there. Seek those positions of influence. Even in the most pagan, wicked governments, Egypt and Babylon, we saw that play out. But just don't expect your government to align with your Christian worldview. Amen. It doesn't, and it never will until Jesus Christ rules and reigns. Understand that the powers that be are not for Christ. They are Mm -hmm. for themselves. And we have bigger fish to fry than sparing with them on on the minutia that goes up and down, but never really gets great, mm-hmm. you know? And and that may sound a little depressing, but but please don't let it be. We're just talking reality here. Your government is never going to advance the kingdom of God. Amen, yep. It's just not. Yep. You could have the best president on earth, someone with your mother's compassion, <laughs> the brains of Elon Musk, <laughs> the winsomeness of, you know, fill in the blank with your favorite person. yeah. yeah. But the swamp in Washington would still just reek, okay? Fallen nature is sin. Yeah. can't escape it. Yeah. So let's not put our hopes and dreams in politics. Again, don't be apathetic. Not saying don't engage. I'm not saying be doom and gloom. We live in a country that's success has been built off of the Puritan work ethic and numerous Christian principles for a while. You know, limited government being one of them. Mm -hmm. And there is still stuff to preserve. And we can be proud of our country in, in many ways. Many Christians are gifted, and yeah. I'm all for a Christian living out their calling and passion in government leadership positions. I want more of that, so please don't give up. We're just saying, don't put your hope in the USA. Yep. Put your hope in Jesus. Yep. Don't fight so hard for your favorite thing about your country that you stop loving the world. That's the issue. It's really a balance issue balances everything so let's call it an episode right there we have a few more points that we want to point out and we're going to have one more episode in this mini series what is the biblical role of government and your responsibility to it so you think we've offended too many people amanda (laughs) hopefully (laughs) you know what the gospel will always offend someone so i think at the end of the day as long as we just we're just speaking the truth taking it from scripture you know that's right thanks for listening and we'll see you again next week you are loved (laughs) 